You're listening to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. Subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Hey dads, are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. When we teach our children to be good, to be gentle, to be forgiving, All these are attributes of God, to be generous, to love their fellow men, to regard this present age as nothing. We instill virtue in their souls and reveal the image of God within them. This comes to us from St. John Chrysostom. And my guest today is an Orthodox Christian and an expert in this beloved saint we call Golden Mouth or Golden Tongue. His name is Dr. David Ford. Dr. Ford is a professor of church history at St. Tikhon's Orthodox Theological Seminary. He's written a variety of books, with his most recent being a multi-volume work on the writings of St. John Chrysostom called Sing to Your Soul, along with this book, Women and Men in the Early Church, and among many other works as well. He's also a father and husband and proud grandfather of now two grandkids. Dr. Ford, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's so great to have you. Thanks a lot, Dave. Great to be here. All right. Well, let, let's start here. I mean, especially when I bring an Orthodox Christian on uh, the program, Dr. Ford, I like to ask about uh, their family's journey and their journey to Orthodoxy. If you can give us the, like the two-minute Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Two minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, coming into Holy Orthodoxy for me out of, uh, first of all, kind of nominal Presbyterianism, uh, and then really uh, kind of full scale in the charismatic movement. <laughs> That's what brought me to Oral Roberts University Okay, back in 1977. Wow. And lo and behold, there was an Orthodox professor there uh, in the newly formed uh, School of uh, Divinity, um, the Master of uh, Divinity program there. And he opened up the riches to us of uh, the early church. And uh, it was really then through uh, learning the facts of church history that brought me into Holy Orthodoxy. Meanwhile, my wife was in England, and uh, she has a uh, tremendously dramatic story of her own uh, in coming into Orthodoxy. For her, it was through the worship, mm-hmm. uh, entering the uh, an Orthodox church for the very first time mm-hmm. and feeling the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she had never felt before, and being in wonder at the beauty of the uh, sanctuary with uh, all the icons there and uh, and sensing the uh, the prayer uh, of all those who were uh, who were in that very first service that happened to her in London. Oh, wow, that's, uh, that's beautiful. There was uh, uh, where where Metropolitan Anthony Bloom uh, was yeah. was headquartered. Yeah. And then, and then we met uh, in 1987. So uh, I had been Orthodox about uh, 
seven years, she about 10 years. <laughs> so really, in many ways, Dave, she's been my trailblazer. And <laughs> um, her, what she gained through Metropolitan Anthony and through uh, especially uh, now St. Sophroni, yeah. uh, as she would visit the Essex Monastery uh, very often, uh, she uh, imparted to me so much of that wisdom um, when I really needed it tremendously, uh, especially in, in beginning, in the, in the early years of teaching at St. Tikhon's, um, there were a lot of pressures and, um, sure, sure. she was, she was my godsend in so many ways. That yeah. is so beautiful. I, I love that. I mean, first of all, you know, the, the two divergent stories that you have and then the coming together, you know, husband yeah. and wife, you know, all that, all that journey and then growing that, I mean, you're, you're just a, a great depiction of what it's supposed to look like, right? You know, building each other up in the faith and, yeah. and bringing yeah. each other along, you know, passing along those teachings and those lessons. So thank you for sharing that with us. That's one of the richest uh, <laughs> testimonies we've had on here. So I appreciate you sharing oh. that with everybody. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Great. All right. So so let's talk about, I mean, you know, you have all now this wealth of knowledge, of course, and, and, and your entire journey, and you gave us a brief, um, you know, summation of that. What led you to decide to jump into St. John Chrysostom? And I, I can I can venture a mm. guess, but mm. what what led you there? What what drew you to him and then you, you know to develop this body of work about him? Can you can you enlighten mm -hmm. us there? Yeah. It was through Father Thomas Hopko. Okay. Of blessed memory. I was uh, taking some classes uh at St. Vladimir's as I was in the uh um doctoral program at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey, about an hour from St. Vlad's. So uh, I would go to St. Vlad's once a week. I, I took classes from Father uh, John Meyendorf uh, of Blessed Memory. And I did take one course from Father Tom. And in talking to him about uh, what I should do my doctoral dissertation on, what subject, um, he guided me to St. John Chrysostom. Yeah, my 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 first impulse was to do something with Saint Simeon, the new theologian. Okay, reflecting my own charismatic background. Yeah, um, sure. and but um, he said, David, I I think really it's a greater threat to the integrity of orthodoxy that comes from uh, feminism, frankly, mm -hmm. rather than the threat that might come from the charismatic movement. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was one reason he he led me to St. John. And uh, of course, uh, St. John, of all the church fathers, is the one who talks the most uh, about marriage. So yeah, uh, really quick, just just wow. for context, what 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 was around the time frame? Because you mentioned um, you know, the charismatic movement, you mentioned feminism. So what time frame are we talking about here? Just this is the mid, yeah, yeah. The mid-1980s. Okay, okay. Yes, gotcha. yes. Mid yeah. to late 1980s. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. let now let's talk about because we you know before before this we've been back and forth we've been trying to actually make this interview happen and uh, yeah. you know kind of yeah. extract all that knowledge you have about you know about men and women and and um, particularly the, the 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 guy's role in all this as a, as a father yeah. as a husband. Um, talk to us about what 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 have you found in your in your books and in your research and in just. Um, you know, maybe some of some of what St. John has, um, uh, you know, his body of work, obviously, you know, maybe some of what other saints have said. Can you please enlighten us there? Yeah, sure, Dave. Um, if I may, uh, I would like to read a bit from uh, the book that you uh, held up. Please. Um, 
What page are we talking? Yeah, this is women and men in the early church. Yes. (laughs) The vision of St. John Chrysostom. This is uh, my dissertation, revised several times. Wonderful, yes. uh, Updated. This is actually the 20th, uh, the revised and expanded 20th anniversary edition. Yep, yep. And uh, I'd like to uh, share some from the beginning of chapter seven. Okay. Which is which is entitled The Relationship of the Sexes in the Family. This is page 115. Okay. And the first section here I've entitled Make Your Rule Glorious, quoting directly from St. John. So Got I'm it. saying it's it's evident from all that has been said that male headship in marriage does not imply for St. John Chrysostom any form of domineering or demeaning of the wife by the husband. And let's remember, you know, this is late fourth century in the Roman Empire. When you think of uh, husband and wife uh, relationships, uh, the word pater familias probably mm-hmm. comes to mind. The husband really had quite a bit of authority legally, right? right? Yeah. Even even almost kind of a life and death uh, authority over his wife and his and his children. Would it be so, go to, would, be, would yeah. it go too far to say even almost like an ownership kind of mindset? Yeah, is yeah. What really. We're talking here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, the wife is 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 not too much more than than a possession somehow. Right. Right. Yeah, of of the husband. So what Chrysostom uh, will be saying here is uh, tremendously revolutionary. Yeah. Um, uh, with that uh, uh, that authority um, of the of the husband uh, in that pater familias uh, situation, uh, really, w- it would be suggestive of domineering, right? Yeah. And demeaning uh, of the wife by the husband. So what Chrysostom brings is such a radically revolutionary Christian understanding. Mm-hmm. So let's hear here. He says. It's an authority which is grounded in, the husband's authority, grounded in, authenticated by, and indeed even earned by the husband's virtue. See, he says, make then your rule glorious, uh, and glorious it will be, he says, when the subject of it, your wife, meets with no dishonor from you. So then I say a husband's authority must flow from the loving service which he gives to his family. I mean, this, this would have been unheard of for the pater familias to even think of his role as servanthood. Right, you know? right. Yeah. So this is this is self-sacrificial servanthood. Yeah. Um, yes. He addresses the husbands in his flock. We are placed by God to rule over our wives, not merely that we may rule, but that we may rule in virtue. For the one who rules ought especially to rule in this respect, by excelling in virtue. If you husbands are surpassed by your wives, you are no longer ruler, he Mm. says. Come on. He also tells husbands, you have then this authority uh, of male headship simply from nature. You know, the man is generally stronger, taller, deeper voiced, right? It's just so natural that he would be the head. Uh, this proceeds from nature, not from any, you know, anything special about the man. Uh, Chrysostom says, um, you have this, you have then this authority from nature, just from being made male. So maintain also the bond which proceeds from love. Mm-hmm. And he uses the word for the highest form, form of love, agape. agape. 
Yeah. So then I say one major aspect of such virtue is the art of governing oneself, reason over passions, soul over body. This is an absolute prerequisite for anyone to be a true husband and father. And as I say, this in turn becomes the prerequisite for governing uh, in society, as we talk about in the next chapter. St. John says, true rulers are those who bear rule over themselves. For there are these four things, soul, family, city, and world. And these things form a regular progression. He, therefore, who is to superintend a family and order it well, must first bring his own soul into good order. And that's, I love that uh, Greek word there, rhythmizin. We get our word rhythm. So, uh, <laughs> bring, our, bring our whole yeah. existence into yeah. good rhythm, see, with, our, with the soul ruling over the body. Yeah, okay. He who is able to regulate his soul, St. John says, and makes the soul to rule and his body to be subject, this man will be able to regulate his family also. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my. So, so much. It's just home. one page. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, starts, it starts at home in our, own, uh, yeah. in our own spiritual life. Yeah. And then everything flows from that. Yeah. Uh, let's skip down a little. Uh, he says, oh, yeah, very practical. Whenever you give your wife advice, <laughs> always begin. <laughs> By telling her how much you love her. And again, it's the highest love, Agape. Tell her that you love her more than your own life. Because this present life is nothing in comparison, right, mm. with uh, heaven. And that your only hope is that the two of you will pass through this life in such a way that in the world to come, you will be united in perfect love. And this, And here we see his understanding of the eternality of marriage meant to last forever then he says never call your wife merely by her name but with terms of endearment with honor and with much love Mm. yeah and he goes on show her that you set a high value on her company and that you are more desirous to be at home for her sake than in the marketplace again so different from his time frame the men you know, so often in the marketplace, even in the Jewish uh, setting, right. uh, you know, sitting in the gates, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not at home. Mm-mm. But he's saying, be at home with your wife as much as you can. It's amazing, really, from that, especially in that time frame. And he says, uh, esteem her more highly than all your friends and above the children who are born of her. And let these very children be beloved by you for her sake. And again, thinking back to the time frame, often there was uh, uh, arranged marriage. Often the wife would be quite a bit younger than the husband. So the husband, you know, he's not thrilled head over heels, probably in love. As they get married, he has to learn how to love his wife, you know, in this way. He has to learn. Before you continue, uh, uh, Dr. Ford, I do want to say to all the guys listening out there, the first part where we talk about giving our wife advice, this is very different than quote unquote mansplaining, right? <laughs> this is doing it yeah. with love, you know, because love yes. not just for this yeah. world, but for the next. And then the yes, next part absolutely. here, yes. Building and then the next happy. part here, you know, we actually have a great opportunity, you know, for if you're like me and you're working exclusively from home, 
You get mm. to be around more. You get to yeah. show, have more opportunities to showcase this love to there and model go. it for for your children. So I just want to interject go. that. So thank you. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, he says very, very strongly to the husbands. If, if <clears throat> your wife, if you're subordinating your wife through constraint, through any kind of fear, through any kind of forcefulness, that will be more burdensome and distasteful than if she commands you with complete authority. Why is that? Because this force destroys all love and pleasure when there is neither love nor desire, but in their place, fear and compulsion. What value will there be in such a marriage as that? Wow. Mm. You know? Um, Yeah. And and he says, uh, let's see what else here. Do not fear because your wife is subject. Do not, therefore, sorry, because your wife is subject to you to act like a despot. Likewise, and now, now he talks to the wives. Because your husband loves you, don't be puffed up about that. <laughs> Neither let the husband's love overly elate his wife, nor the wife's subjection puff up the husband. For this reason, God has subjected her to you. He's talking to husbands that she may be loved by you the more. And now he turns to uh, the great passage in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, epistle reading for the Orthodox wedding service. As we know, he says to husbands, you have seen the measure of obedience. Yes, from verse 24, wives be in subjection to your husbands as unto the Lord. St. John says, so you husbands, hear also the measure of love that God is expecting of you. Do you want your wife to, to be obedient to you as to as the church is to Christ? Then take yourself the same provident care for her as Christ takes for his church. Yes, even if it even if it becomes necessary for you to give your life for her. Yes. And to be cut into pieces 10,000 times. Yes. And to endure and undergo any suffering, whatever. Do not refuse it. And I I just um, think this is so important. Yeah. Um, We have rough edges when we come into marriage, right? And they can be harmful. We can be cut by our wives. They can say things that hurt us. But really, it's for our good. Uh, you know, we may be truly being narcissistic at times, right? And thoughtless and just wrapped in our own selves. And if they tell us something along that line, we should not be defensive and and have our pride wounded, right? We should be grateful. Aren't our, it's one of the greatest reasons I think we have our wives is for them to help us uh, grow in, 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 in Christ and, uh, and to have our pride get whittled down, right? To work on these rough edges. They're there to help us. That is a perfect uh, spot to take a break here. And so let's take a moment. Thank our sponsors. When we come back, we'll chat more with Dr. Ford. We will be right back, folks. Hey there, Dad. Do you want a job you can do online? What about a way to bring in some extra money for the family? If so, check out paidtowrite.co. That's paidtowrite.co. You can write articles blog posts, social media posts, reviews, and more. Go to paidtowrite.co, click on the video, and Sarah will be happy to tell you 
how to get started. PayToWrite.co. Go there now. Hey, guys. Dave here. Dr. Ford wanted to make sure that I shared this with you. At the very heart of our understanding of the husband's leadership and the headship in his family is this concept. In a spirit of self-sacrificial servanthood, to take upon himself the ultimate responsibility to ensure, with the Lord's help, the spiritual, as well as the material, well-being of his wife and children. This is the husband's God-given duty, the bedrock foundation of his service to his wife and children. You'll get those types of concepts, those types of thought processes, and more when you pick up Women and Men in the Early Church, The Vision of St. John Chrysostom. That is by Dr. David Ford. You can grab your copy at the link to his Amazon page in the show notes. Do that now. All right. We're back with Dr. David Ford, professor and author. Our subject, of course, is St. John Chrysostom and how his words still resonate with us men today. And I think you've seen so far that they really do, no matter whether third, fourth century or 21st century. That's right. John's words are um, very impactful. So uh, please, Dr. Ford, let's pick up where we were. Um, I, I think you had another passage to read for us. Yeah, there's a little more actually in this same passage. Please. After he, yeah, after he says to husbands, yes, even if he, even if it becomes necessary for you to give your life for her, yes, and to be cut into pieces 10,000 times, yes, and to endure and undergo any suffering whatsoever, do not refuse it. In the same way, then, he goes on, as God brought to himself her who turned her back on him. He's talking about uh, Israel mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, how often they betrayed him even, yeah. uh, went off on their own way, right? Abandoning their communion with him, the, even hating and spurning and disdaining him. How did he pursue them? Not by menaces, not by violence, not by terror, not by threats, not by anything else of this kind but by his unwearied affection. And we have the image in Hosea 2 with the Lord pursuing his unfaithful wife into the wilderness to woo her back. He said, so also you must act towards your wife. Yeah. This mandate, as I say, that a husband is to love his wife as Christ loves his church, no matter how hard that might be uh, at times, this is one of the biblical foundations for Chrysostom's affirmation that the family is to be a little church that the, with the husband and father as its priest. Mm. So this brings us into another dimension of his understanding of uh, male headship, the, the home as a little church, the husband and father as its priest. See? And actually, I have a whole uh, presentation that I've done many times entitled... Uh, the home as a little church, the wisdom of St. John Chrysostom. So you might want to reference that for your audience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great, great. Uh, then he talks about almsgiving. Make your house a little church, your little box a treasury, a little alms box in your home for the poor. Become a guardian of sacred wealth, a self-ordained steward of the poor. Your benevolence gives you this priesthood. And the word for priesthood is 
Yerosinin, it's the word <laughs> that we would use for the ordained priesthood. So uh, I'm also I'm also seeing yeah. philanthropia there as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that little treasury box, I mean, you know, we're recording this just after Christmas, right before the new year. You think about a, a great way to instill in your children yes. this concept of giving. I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, you turn I don't know if you want to do it this way. Maybe you just make it a, a donation box or you make it instead of uh, everyone having that, uh, you know, the, the, the you do you do a consequence jar or whatever uh, it is. Uh, you know, you uh, know what? This is mm-hmm. this is what we do. We we mm-hmm. our our home is a home of of giving. Our home is a yeah. home that where we you know, we 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 obviously, you know, daddy earns money or mommy earns money or they both both of us earn money. But we take a little bit of that and we give it to somebody else. You know, we just. Yeah. All, all the kids it. believe in, you know, they want to believe yeah. in Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus yeah. is very generous. He's St. Nicholas, right? Yeah, so yeah. Let's take right. a book right. page out of St. Nicholas's book yeah. and be generous as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and when our kids receive an allowance, yep. you know, if that's still done, I hope so, uh, you know, uh, a weekly allowance, let them understand about tithing, you know, and there's your little uh, box in, in the kitchen or whatever. And then uh, uh, what we did... Uh, when, when that little box gets pretty full, kind of make a little ceremony of, of taking it to uh, uh, a charity, you know, where you can give it even in a physical way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. As a family. As yes. a family. Because then it becomes, it doesn't, it's it's not, you know, a lot of times we, you know, someone you can write a check or whatever, mm. but it's just, mm-hmm. it's so much, it's so much different to actually um, at mm-hmm. least see the organization and maybe, yeah. maybe maybe see some of the folks that you're that you're giving to. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah. and it mm-hmm. makes it more real, like, you know, vol- yeah. giving your time sometimes in many ways is even more important mm-hmm. than giving a, and then giving mm-hmm. money because, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're there with the people you're 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 seeing the impact of your of your good deed. It yeah. makes you feel good, makes them feel good yeah. and makes you want to do more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So maybe to say a little more about. Uh, uh, male headship. Uh, my next section in this chapter is the wife is a second authority. So let's hear some of the more, a little more uh, nuance maybe with the, with this theme, please. Um, yeah. Chrysostom speaks of the wife as a second authority Mm. in the, in the home. Another, uh, little uh, phrase, a second King in the house, (laughs) lacking only the crown. He re- I go on. He refers to marriage as, quote, then quoting him, that state in which there is equality and liberty, in which, quote, the subjection is but slight. Mm. And he says, if he who presides in the church has partners, the priest has his deacons, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, partners in his power. So a man has a partner in his life, and that is his wife. Oh, I love and, that. Uh, the the Greek word is beautiful. Kinonon, kind of, we get our word community, really. Yeah. Commonness, what we share, see? And I, I love that in general, just the the, the concept of of um, uh, husband and wife as a team. Yes. Teamwork, yes. right? Each depending on the other, each bringing their strengths uh, to the relationship, each bringing their weaknesses and, and allowing the other who's, generally stronger in whatever areas one is weak in because that's how God knits us together, right? Absolutely. Compliment the complementarity, 
yes. of and 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 male and female, you know, to uh, to to really live that, to rejoice in the um, uh, the God-given differences that that the two sexes have. It's just so crucial. Well, you know, and today I feel like men and women are often just pitted against each other. Like it's oh god, one it's so or tragic. the other. You know what I mean? It can't right. be both. Right. It can't be both. And it's it has to be no. either or. And, you know, I mean, it's, obviously it's directly opposed to what St. John's saying, but, you know, we, we're, society is all about that. And it's, I know. you know, I, it, know. It's hard, I know it's hard for guys to, um, you know, exert this authority because I think that a lot of times we feel like, you know, it's, we don't have as much of a, a role anymore in many, in many ways, because we're told we're not, we don't. Well, yeah, the feminism. Outside of the undercut. church, obviously. Yeah, no, the feminism, I'm afraid, really has undercut. Um uh, masculinity in general. Yes. Amen. So many young men, they hardly know how to be a man uh, in this day and age. So thank God we have the saints, right? To, yes. to give us this vision of true manhood. Yes. True manhood. Amen. Yeah. Cherishing our wives, my mm. goodness. And and uh, working together with them with, with real teamwork. It's, it's, just, it's just beautiful. Well, well, this isn't saying that we are, I mean, it, you know, that domineering sense that that this age had, I mean, even, you know, up until a certain no. point, you know, even a century ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's saying that you have, a, you have a very grave responsibility. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Oh, yes. my. That's right. And of course, that's, yeah. Lord of mercy. And of course, yeah. And we, we, of course, we cannot do that yeah, in our exactly. own grave, right? We need exactly. God's grace for that. Right. And, right. and that keeps us on our knees mm. for uh, asking him for his His ongoing grace to help us. Well, and yeah. that's why, you know, getting your soul in order, oh, right? You know, it, to exactly. The, with, exactly. With God's grace. I mean, that's exactly because you know, you're being that example for your wife yeah. who you're supposed right. to be marching along this path toward eternity yeah. with. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, you may have some little ones in tow that you're supposed to be exemplifying this for. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Let me share one more about this Please. reciprocity in submission. Listen mm. to this, St. John. But at home also, let the husband hear exhortations to virtue from the wife. See, he says he, that's, what he says first, let the husband learn from his wife. Then mm. he says, let the wife learn from her husband. He says, there, 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 let there be a kind of rivalry, friendly, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Among everyone in the family in endeavoring to gain precedence in the fulfillment of law, growing in virtue. And let the one who is ahead and has amended his conduct, yes, even if it's the wife, let her reproach her husband if he's loitering behind. Mm. See, mm. then he mentions uh, Sarah and Abraham being one flesh. They cared for each other's welfare and gave evidence of such harmony as to be one body and one soul. He talks this way. This is an ontological yeah. uh, reality. Yeah, the husband true. and wife become really, virtually, almost one body, one soul. Yes, uh, yes. powerful. That's right? the goal. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, an ontological <laughs> reality. Yes. See? Something yes. new is forged when mm -hmm. the husband, when the man and woman are forged together at God's altar by Him Himself, bringing Amen. bringing them together. Yeah. And then 
my goodness, with uh, marital relations, he quotes St. Paul, the husband does not have power of, of his own body over his own body, but the wife does. Again, mm. going back to that pater familias, this would have been shocking. <laughs> Here's the wife considered almost like property. And now St. John Chrysostom, quoting Paul, is saying, you do not have authority over your own body, but your wife does. I can hear the audible gasps from given this sermon. Yeah, really, audible <laughs> gasps. Yeah, this is so revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and then the feminists have such audacity to to say Paul and Saint John were were misogynists. They're just they're they're just so misguided. Here he is in his words. I mean, he... yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the vision. This this mm. kind of reciprocity. Mm. Yeah, and he says. The uh, yes, I know the, the the laws out there. There's a double standard back in the fourth century. Yeah. A man could this is page 120. A man could commit adultery <laughs> against his wife with relative impunity. But an adulterous wife could even be killed. My goodness. Yeah. Um, he says, don't tell me about such laws. Those laws of the unbelievers, which drag the woman caught in adultery into court and exact a penalty on her. But they do not demand a penalty from the married man who has corrupted sexually even serving girls. Mm. He says, I will read you the law of God, which is equally severe with the woman and the man, which calls every kind of sexual immorality, mm. um, fornication or, or adultery. You know, no double standard whatsoever Absolutely. with the husband and the wife. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, just a, a thought. I mean, I, I don't know about your wife or your wives out there, guys, but I know Anna has no problem exhorting me. When, beautiful. Or, That's what they're for. <laughs> yes. yes. We should yes. cherish that, right? Absolutely. We, Absolutely. Yeah. And, yes. and, you know, I'll, admittedly, you know, I'm a, I'm a human being, so it, sometimes it irks me. But when yeah, I have yeah. time to reflect yeah. or I might yes. get tricked during prayer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, pricked in prayer. That's yep. right. Yep. It's so, so it's so valuable. It's it is. Valuable. It really is. It really is. And it's, you know, I, I will definitely say it's made me a better man and a, you know, yeah. definitely a more patient one. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. than I was maybe they, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Our wives see things. They know us better than anyone else mm -hmm. on the face of the earth, right? Amen. And um, and they encourage us, they want us to share our hearts with them. Yes. You know. And, and that's another thing that's often hard for men. But uh, our wives yearn for that and, and brings us all the more closer with them when we Absolutely. share our weaknesses, our struggles. Yeah. So goals, guys, if you're setting your goals for 2023, make note of some of these. Yeah. Better communication, <laughs> openness. Yes. Cherishing that those times of, of sharing. Yeah. And making sure in the week, even if we're so busy, have a date night. You know, put it in your calendar. Oh, it's so important. So important. So important. Just the two of you. Pray together. Mm -hmm. Dave, uh, I, I wonder how many of our uh, dads um, um, are really praying together with their wives. It's, yeah. it's crucial. It's crucial. Yeah. As well as private prayer, as well as prayer with the family, the kids involved, but also just uh, one on one, two, two, the two together, right? Yeah, definitely. And because definitely. when you pray together, you're, 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 you're revealing your heart to God and to each other. So, well, and it's also that, that you know you're you're sharing in a in a common 
um, goal, but it's a spiritual goal. It's not even just like a, you know, a financial worldly goal, something Mm. like that. It's a spiritual goal and your souls become even more, you know, intertwined. Intertwined. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I know. Did you have one, I'm going to take you to the lightning round in about a second here. Did you have one more quote that you wanted to share? Um, let me, uh, Leo, let's go back to the chat. If I'm putting you on the spot, I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I can open it random <laughs> just about. Okay. How about this? Talking yes. to the wife. Okay. Let's be fair. Okay. Okay. To the wife. By such a godly disposition. Oh, this will be, this will be a little. Yeah. Let's, let's take this. Uh, when together with words, oh, wives, <laughs> you give him instruction. And look at the Greek word didaskalia. This is teaching. This is mm. almost like in a cl- in a classroom, right? <laughs> you know, getting instruction from a teacher. When with words you give your husband instruction, then you add teaching him through your works, your good works. Mm. Then he will receive you and obey you the more readily. Look at look at this reciprocity. Mm. The husband obeying the wife. This happens, for instance, oh, wives, when you do not seek after gold or pearls or costly garments. This is page 121. But instead of these things, you seek after propriety. Mm. And the Greek word there, cosmetita, we get our word cosmetics from that. But this is beauty of the souls. Yes, yes. Rooted and goodwill. Not only showing forth these virtues yourself, but requiring them from your husband. Yes. If you need to do something to please your husband, you ought to adorn your soul rather than your body. The gold which you put on yourself, jewelry, will not make you so lovely and desirable to him as modesty and kindness towards himself. And a readiness to die for him. Mm. These things most subdue men. Wow. wow. It, it sounds a lot Ooh. like the, uh, what is it, the Proverbs 31 wife? Is that what? Yeah, the, yeah. 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 Um, wife. You know, it's interesting as you were reading that, I was thinking about. So before we had the blessing and the privilege to help start this uh, mission in Gettysburg, um, um, for the last few years, Anna has run a co op for. Uh, she teaches our our, our uh, son and daughter and, um, you know, a few other moms have gotten together and it's kind of been built up over the years. And she's been very much, you know, an active, active leader, taking very much an active role. And just she's so giving, like if, if some of the moms are in trouble, uh, she helps like lead a, a collection maybe or donate a turkey, something like that. If, um, sure. And it's just, you know, I, I see that and she's been so helpful and so um instrumental in mm-hmm. helping with the mission because she's had that that leadership oh, experience yeah, that about that. and it's really helped me in yeah. terms of just wow. you know bringing that into what i what i'm doing and how i'm trying to help as well um so it's it's a really beautiful thing so it made me think of that as you're reading that great. passage oh that's great yeah, yeah. there you go yeah. well Dr. Ford, uh, this has been a pleasure, but now it's time for the lightning round for you. So five quick questions, you know, think like 30 seconds or less. First thing that comes to mind. You ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Excellent. 
All right. What is the most rewarding thing about being a dad? When they, uh, when they love the Lord. Mm, to see our daughter loving Christ, loving the church, uh, it's, it's, it's heart melting. Oh, it's just a- awesome. It's awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What about the most difficult thing about being a dad? Well, I, I, I wasn't strong enough in uh, making sure that our daughter was always respectful of her mom. Okay. I, um, I admit that I, uh, I let things slide too much there. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the children never speak disrespectfully to their mother. Yeah. And the and the dad has to has to make sure that does not happen. That is definitely whatever. our responsibility. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. All right. Third one. Who is one saint you admire other than St. John Chrysostom? Um St. Gregory the Theologian. Okay. He, he's probably he's probably the second one who talks. The most about marriage. Okay, wonderful. I love, I love when he talks about marriage as a garden enclosed. Ooh, okay. You know, this you have your fountain, uh, uh, really of delight, uh, but it's meant just for the two of you. Oh, garden enclosed. That is quite the. There he is. Yeah, and his parents were both saints. He he had their example. Both his brother and his sister also saints. So a great uh, saintly family for us to emulate. Beautiful. I love it. Um, All right. Number four, what's something that you're struggling with right now? As always, uh, (laughs) trying to think of my wife first. Oh, yes. Um, Yes. There is that verse, do everything uh, as unto the Lord. And I'm trying to kind of add, do everything as unto the Lord and as unto your wife. Oh, okay. And, All right. I, I'm hoping that will help me think more of her needs and, and listening carefully to her. You know, when she's giving me instructions, how often I just one ear out the other. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm busy. I'm not fully concentrating on no. what she's saying. God you got a million things going you know, on in your mind. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But right really listen and ask her. Is this what you're really saying, right? Mm. Make sure you get it straight when you go to the grocery store. Make sure you get those two uh, 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 packages of uh, um, whatever it is, and 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 don't just forget it. You know, if it's really important, I ask Anna to text me. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That get way, it's foolproof. Getting a reminder. There you go. Yeah, ways to do it. Yeah. We, yeah. All right. The last one I have for you is give us a quote or a Bible verse that you're meditating on lately. Wow. Uh, there are different ones. Um, be still and know that I am gone. Yes. And then there's there's a related one. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. And then when you're still, you see, be still and know that I am God. So developing this, you know, our, our relationship with our Lord more deeply, more deeply uh, every day. Yeah. He's yearning for us to come to him with that uh, eagerness, right? Yeah. And to experience his love, uh, his joy, his peace more deeply every day. We, I think we sell our Lord short so often. We just, we reach a plateau and we think, well, maybe that's... A, 
kind of all there is is all we need, yep. right? But yep. we know, but <laughs> we're missing out, right? We Who are. We are. I mean, that you talk about more that more stillness. Connected. I mean, Deeper. you know how 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 quick we are. We you know we got we got this going on the phone. Yeah. We got whatever. Yeah. You know, we're always busy. Yeah. Stillness yeah. is a lost art in many ways. But yeah. what what you're what we were talking about here, stillness kind of brings it all together because it helps yeah. you. You know, it helps you know that there there he is. There's God. Helps you understand the things that you're supposed to do next with your wife and with your kids. That's right. Exactly. Puts it all puts it all into perspective. Yes, I, it does. I, I love it. Well, thank you. You survived the lightning round. I hope it wasn't. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, well, look, uh, this has been uh, more than a pleasure. I know that oh. the guys will. I mean, first of all, you give me so many clips that I can use, but so much valuable, it truly valuable information that I know all the listeners are going to really benefit from. Um, right. Before we go, Doctor Ford, tell us where we can connect with you and learn more. Well, uh, you can always go to the St. Econ's website. Uh, my uh, biography is there. Uh, are you going to mention the uh, interview I had with Father uh, Andrew Stephen Damick? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we will yeah. link. We'll link that up. That um, uh, I, if you want people emailing you, I can put that yeah, on there. I'll put email your page on I there. would love it. I would love it. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll even put a, a, a link for uh, this book in, in your Amazon page as well, if you want. There you so, go. Yeah. Perfect. I, I do keep up my Amazon page. I love to post quotes there. A lot of them from oh, St. John Chrysostom, but from all, from many other sources as well. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. That's great. So we will make sure that's linked up so folks can check it out. Okay. Uh, this okay. has been a pleasure. Uh, Dr. Ford, uh, may, may God grant you many <laughs> blessed years with you and your family you. and, um, you know, many blessings heading into 2023. Thank you, Dave, and you too, and all your family. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dad Devotionals. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Until then, God bless.